up, y'all? Um, real quick, because I, I, I just got a lot of stuff to get off my chest tonight, man. But this is not probably not going to be my only uh, recording tonight. And that's okay. You know, the Sixers got a game tonight against the Utah Jazz at 10 o'clock. I'm probably going to stay up to watch it. Hopefully, I can stay up to watch it because I have to work in the morning. But um, I just want to get to something that I was, like, very frustrated about. And I heard it from a lot of uh, radio stations and podcasters today. Hmm. Let's start here. Okay. So, a lot of, of the radio hosts like John Cage. The, the, the whole show um, and other other radio um, personalities and then also podcasters was, and for Philly Sports was basically saying that we should trade Miles Sanders for a 5th or 6th round pick because he don't have any leverage of why he should still be here because of what occurred I guess this year and previous years so I have stats. <laughs> I had to break down. I had to get my notes together while I was at work on my downtime because I really wanted to put forth effort to give y'all stats that I have for Miles Sanders. So let me start off with so Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, 2019 when he came into the league, he had uh, 118 um, yards. On 179 attempts. The uh, pandemic year, 2020, 867 yards, 164 attempts. This year, not so well because of the injury, and also he wasn't getting the he wasn't touching the ball as much. 300 yards, 63 attempts. I didn't really see 63 attempts, but. It was one time that, you know, in the year that we, in the year, we didn't even carry the ball but one time and a half. So, it's just like, you know, but he's basically saying, John Kikade, the whole show, well, John Kikade himself, I should say. He's basically saying that we should trade Miles Sanders because he tiptoes and doesn't fit with Nick Sirianni's scheme. We won't know if he's fitting with his scheme because Dick Seriani in the first six games wasn't really running the ball. They waited to run the ball in the sixth game, and then that's when uh, Miles Sanders got hurt. And then when we won the game against, I forgot who it was, I think it was the Panthers. When we won that game, that's when Nick Seriani got a, a text from Miles Sanders like, yeah, coach, that's what I'm talking about. Do that when he gets back. He's supposed to be back this week. Or possibly uh, the following uh, game. But he's supposed to be back. And y'all saying that he needs to be traded. Let me remind you remind you that this is a guy that's very explosive. He can get us these yards. So you're going to cut him and keep Gangwell. Gangwell right now is the weakest link on our team. And we're going to cut him or trade him, I should say. And, and keep Gangwell. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my damn life, period. And for hosts to be saying that because they don't, they, they, it's like a what have you done for me lately type um, get up, and I get it. But at the same time, we know what Miles Sanders can do, 
with especially with the opportunity. So we're not just gonna trade on Miles Sanders like that. He got one more year at his rookie contract. One more year of his rookie contract, and he's not he's not done. He's not done. Why not keep him and go after Jordan Howard and get him a contract and try to get Boston Scott a contract on on the low on the, on, on the low on the low end like he's not going to be that much really not going to be that much so we could get that keep that three-headed monster Kenneth Gainwell so he'd be protected he could be on a practice squad unless one of these dudes get hurt keep all four of them keep all four of them why would you get rid of him why would you get rid of Miles Sanders he hasn't even showed you anything to be like, oh, he's not worthy to be playing with us. It, 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 it boggles me. Miles Sanders should be running back one. Jordan Howard should be running back two. Boston Scott should be the, the third running back. And also be able to uh, run back punts or kickoffs. It's not hard. It's really not hard. But we're talking to people that never coach basketball, never coach football a day in their life. People that sit up there and never played football a day in their life. That you know, I, I you know, I, I know that a lot of people like love Jordan Howard because he runs north south, no problem. But Miles Sanders is that finesse that we need. This this worked years ago with uh, Alvin Kamara and and uh, what's she call him? It worked. It worked with them. And now we're sitting up here saying, oh no, it's not gonna work out. Cause we, you know, Boston Scott is balling. And yeah, he deserves all the uh, all the carries. Shout out to uh Lord um, Brunson, um, his podcast. He basically broke it down. I'm not gonna get too into it because you know that's my guy. But he broke it down like, you know, Boston Scott deserves his carries, Jordan Howard deserves a contract, but He's more on leaning towards Jordan Howard being the number one. I'm I'm more so that if you know to get that second win because you're going to deal with Miles Sanders, I think Miles Sanders should be number one just because they you know what you're getting from him, and then also out of all the running backs besides game, probably Gainwell, Miles Sanders could you could do the screen pass, you could do all, certain things with him to mix up. The offense, so that's why I think he should be number one. Unfortunately, he got hurt when they start to try to run the ball, but I wouldn't trade him at all. At all. Another thing, um, Devontae Smith, man, after week 10, after week 10, man, Miles Sanders had, had right now he's standing at uh, 603 yards. 603 yards with four touchdowns and with seven games remaining, man. And we get a bye week. We play besides probably Dallas, and that's the last game where the the game is not going to matter to them. We play some of the worst teams in, in in football. And you think he's not going to crack a thousand? He only needs four thousand, four hundred more yards. 
and, and they was talking trash about him too in the beginning of the year. Oh, he's dropping so many passes, things like that. Some of those passes was on Jalen Hurts, but you 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 got to be able to mesh. You got to be able to mesh with with your receivers. You got to be able to connect with your quarterback. And I know they played together in college. I know that. But right now, young boy balling, man. He, he's balling, and he's having the time of his life right now. Him and Darius Slay, shout out to Big Play Slay. They had a uh, little little thing going on where it's though that Devontae Smith was playing defense or uh, Darius Slay. And it was it was it was musty it was musty TV man I must say, and I just like the fact that through everything, the Eagles is going is they basically staying positive and staying the course, and now it's belief that we could get that last playoff spot too. That would be a great thing, not to, not not to sit up there and jinx them and say that they could go far because I don't think they can, but. I know they could get a playoff spot, especially with the remainder of games on the rise uh, on the schedule. So let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. That's all I'm saying, man. Let's make it happen. But Boston Scott, Boston Scott deserved those carries, and I really think right now, if he does decide to, the, the, if the Eagles make Miles Sanders active, I think this shit like. Wait, wing, wing him back into the rotation. I don't think they should mess up what they got. And then when, when they don't have it no more, I think that's when Miles get majority of the carries. And then you got uh, Jordan Howard getting the second amount. If Jordan Howard could get 15 carries a game, that'd be awesome. But you would have to balance it out because our quarterback shouldn't be getting double-digit double-digit uh, carries. Shouldn't. At all. And that falls on coach. That falls on coach and how the design is and everything like that. But speaking of Jalen Hurts, all season, all season, I've been seeing I've been seeing so much hate on Jalen Hurts, man. So much hate. So much hate, man. I've just been talking to people that I know and then talking to people on Twitter as well. And it's a lot of people that think that Jalen Hurts is not our franchise quarterback. It's not a franchise quarterback or he's not a starting quarterback in this league. Let me remind you that He's passing at a 91.9% quarterback rating. He has that rating of 91.9%. It's not his passer rating. That's his QBR. Like this, like he's not even, he's not even out of his rookie first season yet as a starter, I should say. He, he, he did his rookie year, but in his next past two, next two games, I think it gets the Jets. That will be his full year if you want to count 16 games. And we're sitting up here talking about he's not the guy. It, it doesn't make sense at all. It really don't. So I got some quotes. So Nick Sirianni basically said that he, well, basically he was asked, I should say. First things first, he was asked 
was Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback? And his response was, look, look at the last three games. Then he went and said, um, he's still in his rookie season, just like I just said. Essentially, if you count the amount of game he started, all I see is improvement every day from him. I just see his his arrow completely pointing up. He doesn't make the same mistake twice. Adam Catlin actually gave him praise too, saying that he's been he's been super impressive. I'm gonna just say this. And I don't care how nobody feels about it because I'm not racist at all and everything like that. I'm just calling and I'll see it. If Jalen Hurts was a pocket passer and he had the same skin color as Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, hell, I even go with Carson Wentz. If he had the same skin color as them, some of our fan base, I'm going to say the majority, but some of our fan base will sit up there and say, oh, let's give him a chance. This is, he, he's still young. He's trying to figure it out. But since it's Jalen Hurts, oh, no, he, you know, ridiculed him. We don't need him, whatever like that. That's going to, and I know how we listen to the fan base and things like that. I already know. So, I don't want him to sit up there and think like, okay, we need to go quarterback in the, in the draft. No, we need to focus on D. That's what we need to focus on. And the first thing is first is linebacker. Linebacker. We need to get decent linebackers coming out of college. We got three of those things. Let's, let's, let's make something happen, man. Let's make something happen. We're 4-6 right now, and we can still make something happen, make some noise and then go forth with the draft and then try to pick up somebody. If we have the funds, try to pick up somebody. Sign Dallas Goddard back. Hopefully he's okay because he just suffered a concussion. You know, prayers to him for, you know, being a trooper, just being a trooper, man. But I really do think and that's my opinion, because they did the same thing with McNabb. They did the same thing with Cam. They did the same thing with Russ in his first year until Seattle smartened up, just like Nick Sirianni. Shout out to him again. Like I said in my last pod, he actually sat up there and, and, and did a whole 180, 360, whatever you want to say, and he made us run first to open up the pass. That's what Seattle did on a championship run until their coach was trying to make Russell Wilson MVP and that's how they lost that Super Bowl but Jalen Hurts has 2,159 yards he has 13 touchdowns and 5 interceptions and there's still 7 games left to play what it tells me is that, you know, besides a couple of gambles from him and everything like that, he knows how to take care of the ball. He knows how to do that. He really do. And I really think that he needs a year, another year or two to really get into his mojo. And I think this is just the learning curve. And once he passed that learning curve, we're talking, we're, we're talking almost like 
we're right back in business from when we were in the Super Bowl year. We're right back in business and getting these wins and, 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 and certain losses that we were dealing with throughout the first couple quarters of the season. They would be wins. Those games would be wins. And we wouldn't be talking about Jalen Hurston. We've been praising him and saying that he might be an MVP candidate. But we got to give him a chance. And every year he's going to get better. Every year he's going to get better. But it's just, it it just boggles me that he basically is getting ridiculed for his play when the strength of his play is on coaches because going from college or going from the bench to starting because that whole mess that we were in last year with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz and all that type stuff. Playing in that, trying to make something happen. Like, that takes guts. That takes heart. Honestly. But Jalen Hurts should be our starter. Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. I'm riding with him. And I really hope that our fan base start warming up to him because that's not that's not cool. That's not right. That's not right. Carson Wentz had so many years to try to, you know, be our franchise quarterback. And that didn't work out. All these people have the opportunity. And Jalen Hurts is better than some some of the starters in the league right now. You mean to tell me that the Giants could give Daniel Jones time, but we can't give him time? That's just, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We're so quick to give up on people. And this is what I hate about Philadelphia fan base at times. And I'm a part of it, but I hate the fact that we quit to give up on somebody because they're not performing in, in our frustrations at that moment. It's like, ugh. dude, they didn't even play multiple seasons yet. For us to be like, no, he's not the guy. That's ridiculous. Now, after this win, and he played a decent game, and he would have had over 200 and something yards and three touchdowns if Quez Watkins did. I got to keep breaking it up, y'all. I'm sorry. I really got to keep breaking it up. If Quez Watkins didn't drop that that touchdown, man, he would have had over 200 and something yards with three touchdowns that game. His QBR would have went up. And that's where our passing lost momentum, but we stuck with the run. And I love Nick Sirianni for doing that. I love him for doing that. I was on record saying that Nick Sirianni was the Brett Brown of football, but I never gave him a chance. So that was the, basically the pot caught in kettle black. Um, for what I just said about Jalen Hurts. So... Nick Sirianni needs uh, um, a while to, to, to adjust. And, and he's adjusting well right now. I, I'm not going to even hold you. He's calling good games. 
even in the losses the last three weeks. Let's just look at that alone. He's been calling balanced plays. He's been listening. He's in tune with the city. This is something else I like about him. He's in tune with the city. But, um, yeah, the Eagles got the, the Saints coming up at the link. Just was uh, listening to Rodney McLeod. Shout out to him and his wife. Rodney McLeod actually has something going on December 6th, I believe he said. Um, basically that, you know, it's a, a sneaker ball. A sneaker ball, basically, you can dress up and just wear sneakers. And he's he doing raffles for um, sneakers. Uh, him and his wife been a part of our community for years now, man. Years, years. And I've just been missing them because work and things like that. But I'm trying to get a ticket to this a sneaker ball. Seriously, seriously. Because I like what they're doing, especially for the community, and all the funds goes back to to the community for these kids to stay out the streets. Our 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 homicide rate is at an all time high, and the last thing I want to do is bury more kids and, and everything like that, and have them in these streets and not in rec- recreation centers or learning centers or things like that, you know. A lot of these kids nowadays don't even have guidance, man. They really don't. They don't have guidance. So if we could set up there and just take one, two, maybe three kids and guide them like Rodney McLeod and his wife is doing and other other people are doing it too. If we could just do that, it's like, man, we really just help somebody and then word of mouth, then word of mouth. It shouldn't just be boys and girls club. It shouldn't just be football coaches or basketball coaches. It should be a community thing. Everybody's a part of the community. Southwest, South Philly, North Philly, West Philly, Mount Airy, Germantown. Everybody should come together and and, and look out for these kids, man. Honestly. So tired of hearing about kids dying. Kid died like a couple days ago. But no, back to uh, what I was talking about. Yeah, Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod, basically a saint in Philly. And I'll be devastated, just like I was devastated when Zach Ertz left. Because he was a saint in Philly, man. And he still contributed to Philly. Him him and uh, Julie. They both... They both contribute to Philly, man. And um, I just enjoy that. I, I like that type of stuff. It's a positivity. And it helps us move forward. Knowing that the people that we root for is backing us up too. And, and having our backs. But. Back to another subject that I'm pissed off about. And I'm tired of talking about it too. And I think y'all know all know where I'm going with it. And it's not about the Eagles. Because I gave them praise. I, I gave my thoughts on Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni. Because he actually stepped out and, and, and basically gave gave the, the, the green check or whatever on Jalen Hurts being our starting quarterback next season. So I'm, I'm happy about that. 
Isaiah Thomas. On to the Sixers. On to Ben Simmons. Isaiah Thomas went on air and basically said that we dogged Ben Simmons. He said his team, his coach, and the organization is supposed to protect him in bad moments. Let's stop right there. How many bad moments did this guy have? For years. National media have been saying that Ben Simmons needed a jump shot. He was a jump shot away at LeBron James, quote unquote, because I don't believe that at all. Because if you want to be LeBron James, you got to play more physical. You have to play more physical. You have to want the ball in crunch time, not divert from it and then have somebody make plays and just be like, oh, it's not on me. And then it boosts your ego because that's not your fault. Nobody held him accountable. And I, bre- I, I I blame Brett Brown for this. I really do. Oh, you know, no, I got time today. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Then Isaiah Thomas goes on to say, when Shaq was shooting four from 18 from free throw line, Phil didn't dog Shaq. They weren't public, uh, publicly dissing him. First of all, the proof was in the pudding that Shaq was shooting poorly. It was jokes made about this. But Shaq was also scoring 40 points, grabbing 20 rebounds and things like that. So, you pick your battles with that. 4 for 18, yeah, but at the same time, he's 40 points, dominant. Most of them free throws uh, was from and ones. And he was grabbing 20 rebounds. He was the most dominant man in, in, in basketball at that time. Isaiah Thomas. Besides the bad boys, and that's only because of Joe Dumars and them that was backing you up and everything like that. You really didn't amount to anything in basketball. And I don't like to come at you because I know you're a Hall of Famer and everybody looks at you as a Hall of Famer. But... You, you know, you didn't work out. You know, I know you went through different aspects of being in the NBA. But you failed at everything. You failed at everything. So how dare you come at our fan base? How dare you come at our organization in the Sixers saying that, oh, what we did, what we did with uh, Ben Simmons was wrong. And... You know, we supposed to back him up and everything like that. Let me tell you something, right? Because I hate when people sit up there and talk about Philly that hasn't touched down in Philly. Hasn't talked to the fans. Hasn't talked to uh, the coaches or anything like that. They just heard stuff. Let me tell you something. Ben has been in the year for, uh, been in the league. Ben has been in the league for five years. Five years. You know how many three-point shots he shot? That how many three-point shots he attempted? And this is Google. And I know that's not a word, y'all. So don't criticize me on this. It's Googleable. 
And I just told my coworker this, uh, yeah, uh, today. Ben Simmons shot 34 three-pointers in five years. 34. Attempted 34. Some of them was last-minute heaves. Some of them was just, oh, we're going to just set this play up for Ben Simmons to shoot in the corner so everybody can shut up. But... Ben Simmons is done here. I don't want people to think that, oh, it's a way that they can get him back and things like that, and he might want to play here. No, he's done here. I'm over it. He's done. He's done. Let's start here. Let's start here. Yeah, I got time today. (sighs) Ben Simmons is done. Like I said, the mental health bullshit is a fraud. And the reason why I curse there is because I get personal. I have an autistic son. Autistic son, he's 15 years old. And I don't really play with this mental health stuff because I take it seriously. And I hate when celebrities or athletes at times, because it's not all the time. Shout out to Lane Johnson. I know... His, his his is accurate and, and, and official. But what Ben Simmons is doing, and he's showing you to your face, national media, national media is siding with him. Shams is siding with him because he's the voice for uh, Clutch Sports. Oh, no, 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 no. I got time. I'm taking shots at everybody today. So my son, back to that. He's autistic. He's nonverbal. He's in the facility right now. It, that that really bothers me when people are sit up there and say, oh, mental health, because he thinks Ben Simmons, I'm talking about, found a loophole and, oh, you got to pay me because of this, because it's an injury, quote, unquote. When it's not an injury, because how you sit up there, hold up, I'm going to run it down. I'm going to run it down because I got time. He went from demanding a trade because Joel Embiid stated the obvious that basically the momentum shift when we you you passed the ball to Matisse Thibel because you didn't want to get fouled because you wasn't sure that you was going to shoot a free throw. So if that was mental health, your mental been blocked for a while. Then Doc said, oh, I don't know if he's a championship point guard or not. How's that throwing him under the bus? First of all, it's accurate. You got to ho- hold yourself accountable for stuff, man. We got knocked out the second round, what? What, three years straight almost? No, I ain't even going to say three years straight because the bubble, we got knocked out the first round. But our, our, our hype is the second round with you. Then you go about saying that him and Embiid you and Embiid don't work out like y'all don't mesh well you know it's, it's not it's not working out but for the last past three seasons y'all had what 50 plus wins 50 plus wins and we were just first in the east this year how don't y'all work out 
Oh. Then he sat up there and said he's not playing. Then the Sixers start finding him. Then after the Sixers start finding him, he pops up like he just got out of jail and went to go see his girlfriend for some for some, you know, punting. And he started to um, try to do practice. He tried to practice. The worst effort I've ever seen an NBA player do in my life. And I've seen AI not come to practice. And that was better than that. And then he told Doc Rivers, I'm not going to do something that you told me to do. So Doc sent him home. We sent him home. Oh, now the finance keep coming because now he's not corroborating. Then him and the Sixers had a talk. And that's when Joel Embiid came out to the home crowd saying that he was still our brother and this, that, and third. And then it came out on Bleacher Report that we stopped finding him and, you know, we, we were going to, you know, give him the help that he needed with this mental health thing that he keeps quoting because he found a loophole or him and Rich. But I don't really believe that he's that intelligent to find that loophole by itself. So then, <laughs> so then he started talking about mental health. So then he was like, all right, well, the Sixers was like, okay, we're going to sit up here and help you out. We got resources. We got people here that can help you out. Oh, no. I have, He said, Ben Simmons said, oh, no, I have my own person. All right. That's cool, too. This is what they said. And there's reports on it. And Rich Paul, the, I, I get to that. But there's reports on it that he actually had somebody else and told the Sixers that and the Sixers said okay just as long as they report to us so, know, so we know what's going on Darren Moore reached out to Ben Simmons after a week or two or something like that to see how everything was going Ben Simmons looked that man in the face and said I'm not ready to play yet and then he said I don't have nothing for you, basically. I'm not going to... I don't know verbatim what he said, but I know that he said he didn't have it. So then, Darryl Morey said, look, I'm going to continue to find you. And then Rich Paul comes out and says, the Sixers forcing Ben Simmons to play is messing with his mental health. Ben Simmons comes out and say the Sixers not willing to pay him for having mental health issues is messing with his mental health. But if somebody, your boss, or somebody you know comes out and say, oh, you got mental health issues, you know, just let me know what's going on. Keep me posted. Every manager, boss, whatever, leader, says keep me posted 
and you don't keep them posted, what do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do? This is why I'm calling it bullshit because Ben Simmons know what he's doing. Then there was reports coming out talking about even if he got traded, he wouldn't play right away. That's false. Right away doesn't... It's probably, what, one or two games. He's going to end up playing. He don't want to play for Philly no more. It's too much pressure here. That's the thing. Just tell the truth. It's too much pressure. Too much pressure. That's it. Tell the truth. Just tell the truth. It's no way in hell that we've been waiting for five years. Five years. And throughout that five years, Isaiah Thomas talking about we threw him under the bus or we 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 dogged him out and things like that. For years, we've been saying, yo, he needs to shoot the ball. Regardless if it was a three-pointer or a mid-range shot, or if he just focused on free throws. There's no way that him and Lonzo Ball came in together. Around around the same time, I should say. And he's improved his three-point shot every single year. And the man had a whole different form. Right now, this year, he's shooting 44.4%. I'm going to say it again. Ben Simmons took in five years as a point guard. 34 three-pointers. Against Toronto, most recently, he went four, He went 15 for 45 from the free throw line. It should never have been a hack of Ben. If you sit up here, you can dunk, and dunk can get you amped up to play defense and things like that. And, and, and get 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 yourself into the ball game. Free throws would have been my first priority before I even thought about mid range or three pointer. But you don't want to focus on that because you are arrogant and you feel like your game is good. Stop worried about me shooting free throws. Even Dot Rivers, I'm not free throws, jump shots. But even Dot Rivers though. Even Doc Rivers sat up there and went on a limb for you and said, yo, I'm not worried about Ben. Ben does so much other things. He went right when what the fans were saying. Right what the fans were saying. We, we, we sat up there and said, oh, he got good perimeter defense. He, he passed the ball. He knows how to get the open shot. Oh, he, he could take over a game if he, if he wanted to. Things like that. Oh, we just got to give him time. We, we did the same thing. To you that I want fans with the Eagles to do for Jalen Hurts. And we gave you five years to do that. And you hit us with this. You and Brett Brown is the reason why Jimmy Butler left and decided not to sign with us. That's out there. That's facts. You're destroy. You're you're they're, you're really destroying our our Sixers, and I don't like it. I don't like it. And you're throwing mental health into this bullcrap. 
and you really thought that you found a loophole. But now the loophole isn't working because we don't care about that because we don't have no facts on your mental health because you fail to give us any anything. But you feel like if you came to uh, practice individually because you're not practicing with the team, how do you think the team going to feel if you're not practicing with them? It's, it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. In five years, in his career, I should say, Ben Simmons averaged 15.9 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Seven assists. It's ridiculous. And I'm happy that Daryl Moore, shout out to him too. I'm happy that he's finding him. He's finding him. And in this, in this, this game, and it started with uh, Indian, Indiana. But on this road trip, it's six games. He's being fined. And we, we, I did the math. It was like about $2.2 million for six games. He's being fined. He, I'm just pissed that he's faking this whole mental health thing. People that think otherwise, look, I told you I got time today. People that think otherwise that Ben Simmons is not faking and want to side with Ben Simmons think Kyle Rittenhouse is not guilty. So, I'm going to just say, that's basically all I got on this, but I'm going to just say this. Ben Simmons should not wear another jersey in the NBA after all this. Ben Simmons is really trying to steal money from our organization, and I'm tired of sitting up here, you know, taking up for him and also just sweeping it under the rug like, oh, Darren Moore is going to figure it out and things like that. Yeah, they didn't figure it out. But I just don't like how he's treating our organization when we backed him up. And we try to encourage him. But his arrogance is getting the best of him now. And I don't wish him the best. I really don't. He needs to be out. He needs to get out. But until next time, y'all, because my Sixers is about to play. It just turned 10 o'clock. So until next time, y'all, I'll holler at y'all.